Welcome to another episode of the Replant Bootcamp Podcast, the Boots on the Ground podcast for replanters by replanters with your host, Bob Bickford and Jimbo Stewart. Here in the trenches with you doing the gritty and glorious work of replanting dying churches. This podcast is sponsored by 180 Digital, the church website and branding partner you need to help move your church forward. Here we are back at the boot camp, our third ever Thanksgiving special. It's like the Macy's Day Parade here. And so I hope that everybody's tuned in, sitting. Do you guys, do you watch the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, Bob? Absolutely. I grew up on that. My dad introduced that to me as a little kid. And so I came into, you know, kind of adulthood thinking that the Macy's Day Parade was something that everybody did. So when Barb and I got married, I said, hey, do you watch the uh, Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade? And she said, what's that? (laughs) So I was, I had to. I had to introduce her. And at the time, Jimbo, we were poor college students. And so we did not have a TV on which to watch the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. But I tried to introduce my kids to it. And I think my kids just like to sleep in the morning. And so they did. They were not quite as into it as I was. Yeah, Audrey is super into the Thanksgiving Day Parade. I don't mind if it's on in the background, but I've never been huge into paying attention to it. But Thanksgiving's always been a really big deal for Audrey's family. And so the day after, for Black Friday, after Thanksgiving dinner, all the women in Audrey's family get together and put together their plan for hunting the next day. And they call it their their hunting game plan to go Black Friday shopping. Nice. Where all the men get ready to nice. go actually hunting out in the woods and, and kill deer. And so everybody makes their game plans and, and goes <laughs> and does their hunting the next day. That's really good. We, we have typically gone to my wife's aunt's for Thanksgiving and she was out on a farm and we have about 70 or 80 people gathered in a ranch-style house, meeting upstairs and downstairs. And then we would shoot clay pigeons, and the kids would play with you know baby calves and jump on hay bales and all that stuff. But since COVID hit, we haven't had that. So um, I miss that. But we're, we're getting together with our family, my family, my mom in Arkansas, and my sister's coming up. And then some of our grandkids are coming over. So we're, we're heading over there. So we will be on the road paying high gas prices and stopping at the local Stuckies to celebrate Thanksgiving on our way to grandma's house. There we go. We're staying in Jacksonville. We have done that last several years for Thanksgiving. There's a wonderful family that was part of Redemption, that's still part of Redemption, that invites us to be a part of their family gatherings. And it's like going to like a Chip and Joanna Gaines type situation, man. <laughs> like it's it's highly decorated, designed, really amazing food there. I dip back into my pre-ministry pastry chef days and I'll make some bread from scratch. Yes, some dinner rolls from scratch that'll make you slap your grandmother <laughs> and I'll make some homemade focaccia bread. And that's always my offering is, is I, they always say you're welcome to come if you bring the bread. Man, Jimbo, I, I know I'm going to see you right after Thanksgiving. If you could like sneak me one of those rolls, I would be like really happy, but I don't know if it'll, if it'll hold that long, if it'll save that long, you know, maybe one day. Yeah. It definitely wouldn't be as fresh that long. Yeah. Well, we're uh, having smoked turkey and ham and, you know, all that kind of thing, pasta salad. And and so we're looking forward to it. It'll be a good time. Good. I'm glad that you guys are going to have a good time. You do a little skeet shooting whenever you go, right? No. Well, at my aunt, my my wife's aunt's house, but we're, this is my mom's home in Arkansas. So it's just going to be a lot of sitting around. <laughs> so if the weather's nice, there's a lake that's close by and maybe I can take the grandkids on a long walk and wear them out and have fun. But this is a city Thanksgiving instead of a country Thanksgiving. So, Gotcha. 
Gotcha. I do have to tell you one other really fun thing happening this week for our family. I sent you some pictures the other day. Yeah. Our family has entered the Jacksonville Gingerbread Extravaganza Annual Competition. Okay. And this is a big deal. So a couple of years ago, that well, my family has attended this event almost every year that we've lived here in Jacksonville. There's this historical society. It's an old church building an old church that died downtown Jacksonville that's right next to the Jumbo Shrimp Baseball Stadium and the Veterans Memorial Arena where a lot of other stuff happens. And every year they host in that building this Jacksonville gingerbread extravaganza and it's a competition. And there's like some, I mean, unbelievable dynamite, impressive things that show up there every year. So two years ago, Audrey and some of her friends who who decorate cakes and cookies on the side for a living, you know, stuff like that, had this idea and they wanted to enter. And so she asked me if I was interested in helping. I was still doing doctoral studies. And I said, absolutely not. I I do not want to be a part of this. (laughs) Yeah. So her and her friends got together and they did the house from up with the, with the balloons carrying it from the Disney movie up. Yeah. And they won basically, I don't remember the official title of it, but basically the people's choice award, essentially like, when you go, you attend, you can vote for which one you like the best, and they won that award. They they were one of the best ones, according to all the people who voted. They didn't win the official thing, but they won the People's Choice one. So Audrea has convinced me to participate this year, and we made it a whole family affair with the kids. <laughs> and we watch the show Lego Masters together. So listeners, shout out if you're a Lego Masters fan, because our kids love Legos. Lego, it's not Legos. I've been corrected so many times. The, did you know that the plural of Lego is Lego? Yeah, okay. Yeah, the plural of Lego is Lego. Uh, if you want to say it with an S, you're supposed to say Lego bricks. But <laughs> Lego Masters is a TV show where they compete making these incredibly extravagant Lego things and it's a game show reality game show so we built the lego masters tv set inspired gingerbread house thing that's like it's like the tv set and the the competing teams are building gingerbread houses for the competition it's it's cute it's adorable i have never super glued so many candy lego bricks together in my life my my fingers are still covered in Super glue and hot glue and candy dye and food coloring and all sorts of things. I don't know that we're going to win any awards, but we've made some great family memories. That's awesome. I'm looking at the picture now and you guys did a great job with that. And if I was there voting for the People's Choice Award, I would vote for you. And if I ever built a gingerbread house, I would not receive the People's Choice Award. I would receive the Hall of Shame Award because I am not... (laughs) I am not a crafty guy in any form or fashion. I like to do woodworking and all that kind of thing, but just never excelled at the crafts, Jimbo. I just got to be honest. Yeah, I get it, man. I get it. You are a good woodworker. I've seen some of your woodworking. So to all of our listeners that have wondered why we are rambling much longer than normal, (laughs) we decided to take it light this episode and do a Thanksgiving episode. As the stats have revealed to us, you guys don't listen to the podcast this week anyway. So we figured we could talk about <laughs> whatever we want to talk about. Um, well, some people, some people that are driving to grandma's house or riding on an airplane, they might give us a listen, you know, if they've got like, you know, 
Barney tunes or if there's family sleeping or something, you know, they, we might ha- we might make the playlist this week. But we do want to just talk about what we're thankful for and why thanks giving thanks is important as part of our podcast. And I think this is kind of an annual tradition. We've, we've had Mark Halleck on, I think, and we talked about gratitude one year. And then I think we just talked about the things that we're thankful for in the first year. But Jimbo, I, I just want to say, man, three Thanksgivings as the bootcamp podcast. I'm thankful for that. It's been a lot of fun. And I'm super thankful that the listeners are listening. And actually, we're really, we're seeing some traction. We're gaining some audience members. So I think that's a really cool thing. Yeah, I I am really thankful for this platform and being able to discuss this. It's made me a better leader, a better pastor, just thinking through all of this stuff with you. And so I am thankful for three Thanksgivings on the boot camp. I am thankful for the role that I get to play with Nam and and helping leaders and helping churches and all the great friends that God has brought along our way in this process and that we've become good friends in this process. And we've got good buddies like Brian Croft and Mark Halleck and Evan Skelton and and so many that have been a part of of the journey along the way. Keelan Cook, the, the missiologist, Double Doc, so many that we've gotten to have fun with along the way that it's just been a blast. And I do, I do actually, I joke about how few listeners we have, but I, I think that's like you have to do that on a podcast. It's a podcast requirement when you have one. But no, our, our listenership has been growing and we, we hear from, from guys every once in a while how it has been an impact to them. And man, that means a lot to us when we hear that and know that we are making an impact. So so truly to our listeners, we really are thankful for you. You're why we do this. We do this to try to be an encouragement to you and to equip you in some way. And so if there's a way we can do that better, man, let us know. And if it's meant anything to you and been helpful, we would love to hear from you. Agreed. Uh, I'm also thankful that, I think you mentioned this, you know, earlier, this this has made you, the podcast has actually made you a better pastor, a better leader. And I'm thankful for the opportunity to, one, be in community with with you as a leader and just kind of be challenged. And, and even right before this podcast, we started recording, we were working through some specifics on a training that we're doing together in, in New Orleans here. And, and I'm really thankful for the opportunity for us just to collaborate together, to live on mission here. And so one of the things I, I'm thankful for, Kevin Izell and his vision for replanting and his commitment to resource the team and us and to really give us an opportunity to make a difference. And thankful for Mark Clifton, our, our boss man, our lead guy, who's created vision and space for us to come back in and really fill that with strategy and and equipping opportunities and thankful for the team members that we've added over the last several years to we've gone from a team of like, you know, four to a team of nine right now. And, and uh, it's just been amazing to see, you know, all the things that God has done. And so I'm really excited to, uh, to have the opportunity to work together and, and the churches that are, you know, the churches that, that are asking us to come in and the leaders that are asking to come in, I'm thankful for an openness for partnership and a dis- and openness to have discussions about how do we help the church thrive, especially in a difficult season like we've been in the last couple of years here. So, man, there's lots of things to be thankful for on, on the NAM side, on the church partnership side, on the, on the colleague and teammate side. And I think if we just sit back, I'm pretty amazed often that I get to sit where I sit 
And the Lord's been gracious to give me an opportunity to work on the things that I'm, I'm working on. I'm just humbled by that and amazed by that regularly. Yeah, it really is humbling how much of an opportunity we have to get to serve the bride of Christ. And I, I am thankful. People ask me since I've, I'm, I'm about a year, almost a year of transitioned from redemption to working with NAM full time and helping churches and working with JBA. And, and a lot of times people will say, I mean, how's the transition going? Are you liking the job? Are you enjoying what you get to do? And I say, I don't know that I've ever felt more in my sweet spot. I, mm-hmm. I am so grateful all the time for what I get to do right now. And I feel like I'm getting to make a difference. And I get to serve right now at Mandarin Baptist Church as, as the pastor of missions and multiplication. And man, it's been a great church to get to be a part of. And we had our annual meeting as a church the other night. And I want to tell you just an idea for you, if you haven't already had your annual meeting, or if you're thinking about next year already, kudos to you for thinking that far ahead. Mandarin does a great job. They call it a night of thanks, and they do it in November. And it's their annual business meeting where they vote the budget and leadership teams and all that sort of stuff. Man, it was a massive celebration. I mean, it was, and and I don't mean massive just in attendance. I mean, attendance was good, but just the way that it was put together, there was a baptism, there were testimonies, there was really good food and fellowship together. And and then there was the business part of it, of voting things, but uh, there was vision casting and it, it was it was the funnest business meeting I've ever been to. <laughs> and it, it, it was it was a blast. So just a great idea as you think about those things. And it made me really grateful to be a part of a church like that. I'm blessed that I get to serve on a national level with NAM. I get to get a little more local with my time with the JBA. But w- one of the things that I wanted to do was also serve in a local church. And I'm really grateful to get to be a part of the Mandarin Baptist Church family. Man, I, I'm... I love that. Such a great story. And as you're explaining that and, and talking about your church and then your associ- your affiliation with the association and, and et cetera, I think I'm thankful for the Southern Baptist family. You know, we, we can all be honest, the Southern Baptists have had a rough year in the last, last year or so, last half a year, I would say, <laughs> maybe a, a, a rough year. But we come together very well as a group of churches, as a convention of churches. And together we can do a lot in terms of accomplishing mission and, and resourcing mission. You know, this this year we've had record offerings in down to, down an economic downturn uh, for Annie Armstrong, which is important to us here at the North American Mission Board, and the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, which is the International Missions Board offering, and then Cooperative Program, which is where we give all of our resources together to fund ministry together. And so in spite of, you know, some of the challenges we've had as a convention of churches, we've come together to to use our resources in positive ways. And then we've also seen more resources given over the last year. And I'm super thankful for our Southern Baptist family. And that's my background and that's my heritage. And some of our listeners I know don't have a denominational affiliation and maybe they're out there on their own. And just let me say, look, hey, if you want to be part of the SBC family, contact your local association, contact your state convention and consider joining uh, our family. And we're just like every other family, Jimbo. We've got some family members who are a little bit different than others, but together, man, you just there's a, there's opportunity to give thanks about uh, what God's doing across North America, around the world, through our Southern Baptist family. And so, I just want to say, in a time where 
people have really struggled maybe as a Baptist, as a Southern Baptist. I just want to say, hey, I'm thankful for the SBC family and, and all that has taken place in my life and then all the things that we're doing together in spite of our challenges. Absolutely. And look, I, I think about sometimes it's easy to be thankful when things are going really well, but there's also times when things aren't going really well. And one of my favorite stories to talk about that, which I was reminded of recently, my my son, my oldest son, is having he's had to read like the saddest books, like uh, Old Yeller, and uh, all these all these different books are like you know the main character or the dog dies, uh, <laughs> and so he was so sad. And he's he's our one kid that right is just going to really struggle, and with his emotions are so deep and 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 full, and and so he was asking his mom, at least is the next book going to be happy. And she was like, uh, the next book's The Hiding Place by Corey Ten Boom. And <laughs> if you haven't read that, it's, it's, it's tough, man. And, but there's this story in, in that book that has really always stood out to me. And I didn't, I didn't bring it up to my son. I wanted to see if it stood out to him. And, and it did. If you're familiar with the story, it's about Corey and her, her sister, Betsy and their time in this internment camp and and how we most of us probably already know the name Corey Ten Boom. Um, this is back during World War II and they were hiding Jews and 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 all that sort of stuff in a good way, hiding Jews and protecting them. And they ended up in jail or in this internment camp. And at this one point when things are just going really, really bad, they they they're trying to do these Bible studies in in this internment camp and share the gospel, but they have to hide it and have to be really careful what they're doing and, and all these things. And so one night or one time, Betsy, Corey's sister, Betsy, talks about how in First Thessalonians 5, 14 through 18, says, comfort the frightened, the frightened, help the weak, be patient with everyone, see that none of you repays evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to all. Rejoice always, pray constantly and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. So Betsy says, okay, this is our answer. Give thanks in all circumstances. That's what we can do right now. We can start right now and start listing out everything. So, so Corey talks about how she wasn't really excited about this idea at the moment. And so she kind of gives her a look and is like, okay, such as what? Like, what can we be thankful for right now? Well, and so she, the sister's like, well, we can be thankful that we're together. And so Corey's like, okay, yeah, sure. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that I get to be with my sister. And then Corey looks down at the, uh, and she's like, all right, Lord, thank you that there was no inspection when we entered here and so that we were able to hide our, our Bible. Okay, yeah, that's good. Thank you for crowding us here so that we are packed so close so that m so many more can hear the gospel. When we when we share the gospel, we can pray. And and Corey's like, oh, okay, all right, sure, thank you that we're jammed, crammed, stuffed, packed, and suffocating crowds. <laughs> and so then Betsy says, thank you for the fleas. And Corey says at this point that she's like, stop it. No, Betsy, stop. We cannot thank God for fleas. Here's in Betsy says we give thanks in all circumstances. It doesn't say in pleasant circumstances. It says fleas are part of where God has put us. And the, the long story short, although I've already gone too long, probably Betsy reminds Corey that the reason they should be thankful for the fleas is because of the fleas. They're not being inspected, and they're not being watched as closely as they were being watched. 
and they're crammed in with all these people. And so all of a sudden they're able to freely have all these Bible studies and share the gospel and do all these things. They have freedom now because the fleas have kept the guards from inspecting everything that they're doing. And that freedom has allowed them to be more open with the Bible and more open with the word of God and sharing with others. And so thank God for the fleas. And one of the things we've talked about a lot of times on this podcast, and I I really appreciate you were the first one to point this out to me, Bob, is sometimes when we're going through a really hard season of ministry, as many of us are right now, we have to ask, okay, God, what are you doing for my sanctification in this process? Where is it that you're carving out idols in my heart? Where is it that you are creating opportunities that if I'm not having a grateful heart and understanding that you're doing something, taking joy in the trial, then I'll miss. And sometimes it's easy to find things to be grateful for. And sometimes we need to be thankful for the fleas. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Replant Bootcamp Podcast, a resource for replanters by replanters. If you enjoyed this episode or found it to be helpful for you and your ministry, please help us get the word out by subscribing, sharing, and leaving us a review on your favorite podcast listening platform. This podcast is sponsored by 180 Digital. 180 Digital is a team of design, development, and marketing experts that love working with churches big and small. Check out 180.church, O-N-E-E-I-G-H-T-Y.church to learn more about how 180 can help your church move forward.